I'm kind of excited this morning. Not that I'm ex not excited every morning, but I got a little double encouragement this morning through the scripture that Brother Kratzer pointed out in Hebrews, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. And I was mulling about this morning. Uh, there's a lady who really encouraged me. She said, if nobody else is listening, and I know there are, this is what she said. I'm paraphrasing because I don't completely remember what she said, but she said something to the effect that if nobody else is listening, and I said, I know there are other people listening. She said, I'm listening, and there are other people in here who are gravitating and getting so excited about the Word of God. Can I get an amen? amen. And you and I, we, we ought to get excited about the Word of God. And I'm not going to tarry too much with us because I have to be done by 11.45 this morning and I plan to stick to my guns. But this is what, this is what my brother in Christ, Bruce Crosser, said. And maybe he thinks nobody else is listening, but he knows there is. But this is what he said from the Word of God. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Let me read that again. Now the God of peace. That's the absolute God, the only real God. That brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right, Jesus Christ was brought again from the dead by God the Father. That great shepherd of the sheep, that's Jesus Christ. Through the blood of the, I like these last two words, the everlasting covenant, not a temporary covenant and I'm not going to go into it but I just like to say that that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood what kind of blood was it of the it's the blood of the everlasting covenant can I get a witness if you're part of the body of Christ if you've been accepted into the beloved if you've been redeemed by the blood it's an eternal blood can I get an amen? amen if you and I can't get excited about people encouraging us just out of the blue and the and the, it's not out of the blue, but the Hebrew message of 1320, I don't know what else can stir you up. And speak, speaking about stirring you up, I'm not going to labor that point because it's going to be repeated in the scriptures here today. And I'm so glad for people rallying around, not just me, but other people. 
So without further ado, I'm going to just proceed with the sermon. Right now, I am asking you to go along with me and reflect upon only three words that are in our message today. Now let me get myself focused here. Open this up later. Again, our opening text in today's message is Titus 3.9. Reads as follows. But shun or avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless. And let me repeat this again. I know I'm going to need to slow down, and several people told me to slow down. But, But sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not boasting, so don't even, don't even think I'm boasting, when God the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your spirit... You just feel like shouting. And I'm going to say this, and I didn't, I'm not picking on anybody because there's no one to pick on but myself. When you go to a football game, to a basketball game, you don't feel like shouting. Can I get a witness? So why not shout for the word of God? Paul said, I'm not ashamed. But avoid foolish, I'm out at the bottom. But avoid, notice the asterisks, foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Number three. Oh, Miss Cheryl's right on time. She, she's running the control booth, and I thank Miss Cheryl for that. And although the following verses also is not directly connected with today's message, that's right, these words are not really, in, they're indirectly, I better stop trying to explain myself too much, just preach the gospel. Please listen to these words of Solomon. Guard your steps as you go to the house of God. And draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. That's the NASB, New American Standard Bible. Here's the King James, or in this sense, I'm sorry, the NIV. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they're doing wrong. So you say, Brother Bruce, I like to say that, not Pastor Bruce, but if you were born again Christian, and I know this is off the cuff, you are a brother and sister in Christ. I'm not just a pastor, so-called. I'm your brother and sister in Christ. That's more important to me than some kind of 
title. So you say, what connection do you hope we can picture by pointing out the words of Lord Shun, citing the, citing the guard your steps passage? Here's my point. I've been thinking about this all week. Avoid using or answering your cell phone during the service. Can I get a witness? Avoid it. This is God's house. Shut off that cell phone. Give God the reference he deserves. When Moses was on Mount Sinai, I got to slow down. When Moses was on Mount Sinai, Yahweh said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. When you come into the house of God, do God the reverence that he deserves. That's the first one. Here's the second one. Avoid visiting the grocery tables during the service. If it's you, stop it. Can I get a witness? Give God some reverence. You're on holy ground. Ecclesiastes, guard yourself when you go to God's house or to dwell near to listen. It's better that you give the sacrifice of fools for they don't know what they're doing evil. And number three, and can we not all, I know I'm repeating myself, can we not all guard our steps when we go to the house of God? And I'm going to say this again, and I mean to say it. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai and saw that burning bush, Yahweh, Elohim, God, said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Number five. Now, I have a blank here. I'm going to show it to you. Between number five, keep it on number five. I have a blank here. This blank represents your heart. I don't mean the pumping heart. I mean the real you. What's in there? Examine yourself from what was just said. Examine yourself. And if you need to repent of some of these things that have already been said, why don't you take time to repent? Can I get a witness? Tell God you're sorry. And you repent of your slighting the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say this again, and this is not in your notes. This is off the cuff. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. This is just not some salvation. This is so great salvation. Purchased by none other than the Lord Jesus Christ with his own blood. 
I don't want to get into this too much, but I can't help. I can't help to think what a great cost it was to shed his blood and suffer separation from his father for you and me. And I'm going to get into that later, and you're going to be answering some questions. They're not difficult questions. Now for our reading, Titus chapter 2, verse 9 through 13, New American Standard Bible. But shun foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. You just have to bear with me while I read the text. Reject a fractious man after a first and second warning. Number 11, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. When I send Artemis and Tychicus to you, to people who I shall identify later on, making every effort to come to me to Decapolis, where I have decided to spend the winter there. This is Paul talking. Uh, diligently help Zenus or Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way so that nothing is lacking for them. And let our people also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs that they may not be unfruitful. I hope I get to that. All who are with me greet you, greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. I'm going to comment on verse 15 right now because I might not get that far. All who are with me greet you, greet those who love us in the faith. Say love. Can you say that? One of the first, not one of, yes, it is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I'm saying one of the fruits, fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. The first thing that God does to a Christian, now I know I need to slow down. The first thing that God puts in the heart of a Christian is, I'm going to spell it, L-O-V-E. Can I get a witness? Do you have love in your heart? I'm going to say this, I have the slightest idea who I'm talking to. And I'm not in trying to embarrass anybody, and I'm not in trying to be harsh. I'm going to preface it again. The first thing, the first quality, if I may say, that God puts in a Christian through the Holy Spirit is love. Do you have love? Or are you so embittered a Christian that all you have is criticism, hatred, and all the other ingredients of the old sinful nature? But God, say, but God. But God. Noony day. God has poured out in your heart, love. And I saw some people 
walking and talking to people today, trying to help them out? Or are you an embittered Christian? Things haven't been in your way, and you're blaming God for everything that happens. God help you. God help me. And I won't go into that any further, but some of you probably, including me, need it. Number seven. Now let's begin with our opening verse nine. But shun, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the lawful. They are unprofitable. Hang on. Comments. In these, the Jews particularly delighted. They abounded in the most frivolous or silly questions. And as they had little piety themselves, they were solicitous, inviting to show that they had descended from a godly source. They're so religious, they're lost. Can I get a witness? Let me ask you, and I'm not picking on anybody, and I probably should stop saying that because I'm not picking on anybody. Are you religious but lost? You want to tell everybody else how to live, but you yourself, you're lost. And I'm going to say this for someone in here or some people in here. It's about time you get saved. Stop walking around in the world like you know it all and have it all together and get yourself saved. Can I get a witness? One of these days, God's going to give up on you, if I can put it that way. I know that's the wrong terminology. God has given you enough time to get saved. He's pointed out enough Christian people. He's helped you as much as he can. And you're still walking in darkness. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after this... The judgment. Pastor Jack and I were talking again. He keeps saying that same verse. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Can I get a witness? God's given us time. Notice I said us. And these the Jews particularly delighted. They abounded in the most frivolous or silly question. And as they had little piety themselves, they were solicitous to show that they had descended from the godly ancestors. Number eight. Of their frivolous questions and the answers given to them by the wisest and most prudible of their teachers, the following is a specimen. Yes, I'm going to give you an example of their frivolous questions. It's okay to laugh. Why have the Babylonians round heads? That's, That's the kind of questions. A silly question. Nothing to do with godliness. To which the rabbi said, this is a difficult question, but I will tell you the reason. Their heads are round because they have little wit. How, how frivolous. Here's another one. Here's another ancient and modern day one. Why have my people, 
broad feet because they inhabit a marshy country. Can I get a witness? How stupid. Here's a modern day one. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? All those kind of frivolous questions. Instead of settling on the king of kings and the lord of lords, they all these kind of not effective Christians. Not effective Christians, sorry. Let's go back to Paul's day. There were those who were arguing and striving about the law that is over the Old Testament scriptures. The false teachers of Paul's day were just like the false teachers of today and down through the centuries. They professed Christ, but Christ was not enough to save them. It took both the law and the Christ to save them. To be saved, the person had to believe in Christ, yes, but he also had to undergo the basic ritual of the law, circumcision, baptism, church membership, confirmation, and commit his whole life to keeping the law, including the thousands and thousands of roles surrounding the law. Can I get a witness? I need to slow down right here. Thank you. But he also had to undergo the basic ritual of circumcision. Oh, I got to get circumcision before I get saved. You had to be baptized. If you're here, and I'm going to challenge you, if you think that you have to get baptized before you get saved, let me just say, you're on the wrong path. Can I get a witness? Yesterday, I'm just going to come out and say it. Yesterday, a person walked into church while I was here cleaning up, supposedly cleaning up. And she brought out the fact that she was a Seventh-day Adventist. And God the Holy Spirit told me to tell her, Seventh-day Adventists can't save you. This church can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. I don't care what church you go to. If you're not born again, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're lost. No church can save you. The proclamation of the death the burial, the resurrection, and who Jesus is, that'll save you when you put your trust in him. We ought to be jealous for Jesus. I'm going to say it again. This church can't save you. Seventh-day Adventist church can't save you. The Mormon church can't save you. No church can save you. Only the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's who'll save you. And when you get saved, you'll know it. What do you say to that, Brother Bruce? These things, I'm off track. These things I have written unto you 
who believed, say believe, that word means trust. Have you trusted him? And I'm going to get to that soon. Paul is saying that believers, including preachers and teachers, should not become embroiled in controversies about scriptures. They are unprofitable and vain, useless and empty, of no value whatsoever. Christ is all that is needed. Can I get a witness? He's all. He and his word are to be proclaimed and controversies turned away from. The proclamation of Christ and his word is the occupation of the believer. The very purpose of the believer's existence. Did you get that last sentence? The proclamation of Christ and his word is the occupation of the believer the very purpose of the believer's existence? Can I get a witness? The Bible says in Colossians, all things were created by him. Colossians chapter 1, and for him. You were created for Jesus and you exist for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm going to turn to it so you don't think I'm operating on half blast. Excuse us for a moment. For by him, let me start with verse 15. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creation. For by him were all things created that are in heaven. Did you get that? Everything in heaven was created by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him. And I can't get over this last part. And for him. Can I get a witness? But you better look out for the next verse. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist the whole entire universe, and I know I've said it before, but I'm getting excited for Jesus. The entire universe was held together by Almighty Jesus. And if I may add this tidbit, this universe would explode into a billion pieces if Christ wasn't holding it together. And not only is he holding it together, he's before all things. And I know this is out of place. He said this to a group of false teachers. Before Abraham was, I am. No 
number 13. But I'm still commenting on the very first verse. But shun foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law. Titus 3.13. Instead of your and my focusing on, on, on foolish things. 14. Instead of you and me focusing on foolish things, I'm not saying it's okay to have fun. How about you and my focusing on... Let me slow down. How about your and my focusing our attention on looking... For that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. I know I changed it. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Church, he's coming back. And he's coming back for you whether you're ready or not. And you're not going to say, here I come. He's coming back for you to give you a reward. And for many of you, he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. How about focusing on this since Christmas is coming? For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Eternal Father. I want to clear this up right away. Jesus is not the Father. This means he's the Father of eternity. He who created all things created time. And Jesus, the Son of God, I'm going to say this again because there's many who try to diminish who he is. He's before time. And you, I'm going to say it again. Before Abraham was, I am. He's the father of eternity. He created time. And he's the prince of peace. And for Christians right now, whom, whom he rules... There's an, I'm just going to say it. There's an awesome, overwhelming peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of tremendous turmoil. Can I get a witness? And I'm hoping and praying that you have experienced the peace that passes all understanding. 
No. And we're not so heavenly bound that we're no earthly good. Can I get a witness? Yes, I said I had a non-foolish question for you. And Pastor, you have to stop me. Somebody's got to stop me at 11.45. Many people who go to just a modern day church, I don't know who you are, who placed all your personal sins upon Yeshua. Do you know? Somebody said it. I'm, and for you who don't know, I'm going to say it, ask that question again. Who placed all your personal sins upon Jesus? Say it again. God the Father. You ought to know. I said, brother. Isaiah 53.6. Did you know that? If you or I would have placed them on the Lord Jesus Christ. It'd never be done. But it was God the Father who took all your sins. Whether people know it about it or not, he's the one that placed all your sins on his son. You're talking about a non-trivial question. That's the most important question you will ever answer. Am I angry this morning? No. I can say, hallelujah, what a Savior. He took all Brother Carter's sins. He took all Joey's sins. I don't know who Joey is. He took all Sandy's sins. I don't know who she is. And placed them on his Son. And I'm just going to just go along with it. He was despised and forsaken of men. A man of sorrows acquainted with sins. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our griefs he himself bore. And our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves, help me, yet we are seeds. Huh? Thank you, sister. You know what? Ever so now and then, a brother or a sister needs help. Can I get a witness? And you and I need help. Amen. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken. Who is he stricken by, Brother Bruce? Smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed. I didn't get anything out of that sermon. I'm going to walk out of here the same way I left. Someday, 
God's going to call you into judgment for hearing his word, not because Brother Bruce spoke it, but because it's the word of God. Can I get a witness? He was crushed for our iniquities, the chastening for our well-being fell upon him. No wonder Jesus would say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And by his scourging, say scourging. Maybe I can help you think about something. Don't you dare say it. That ain't nothing. What do you think it was like to have his back lacerated at least 39 times by some laws and some think it was more. And why'd he do it? He did it. I like the way she said it. He did it for me. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. The Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. That's just what my brother in Christ just said, Isaiah 53, 6. I have no idea. Oh, I got to close in five minutes and I'm going to do it. If any man teach or hold erroneously, I'm on 22. If any man teach or hold erroneously concerning the main points of Christian, since I got to finish in five minutes, what's the main points of Christianity? I'm going to say it again and try to add just a little bit more. The death, the burial, the bodily, did you get it? The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hell. Oh, hell is nothing but the grave. You leave here with, I'm threatening you. Can I get a witness? I'm threatening you. You leave here without the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll believe that hell is more than just a grave. But it'll be too late then. That's what they were trying to teach. Hell's just a grave. When you're dead, you're dead. I advise you to read the Word of God yourself and get the main principles. What else is the main principle? You must be born again. Why? Because we're all dead in trespasses and sins, or we're all. But you've been made new. Can I get a witness? You've been made new in Jesus Christ. Stay with me, Miss Cheryl. 25, Miss Cheryl. I want to end on a happy note. But now there are many members but one body. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right, elegant. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been born again, 
but now are there are many members but one body. We're all a body of Christ. Part of the body of Christ. Stay there, Miss Cheryl. I hope this is not you. Second Corinthians twelve twenty. But I am afraid that perhaps one when I come I may find you about to be which I wish not. I'm just I know I'm misquoting. Strife. If you don't think there's some strife in this church, you're mistaken. However, we're covering by the blood of Jesus Christ and praying about it. Can I get a witness? Jealousy. Angry temper. Is that you? Is that me? How about gossip? I'm doing my best. I'm not going to talk about, and you should not talk about people behind their back. Can I get a witness? Idolatry. Say idolatry. What is that? Oh, I like that car. It's okay. But do you like it more than Jesus? Disputes. Jealousy. Outburst of anger. I'm going to keep my word. I'm on number 27. Artemis and Tychicus and Zenus or Zenus were helping Paul in his ministries. Who are you helping? Who are you? Are you helping anybody? Are you reaching out to anybody? Are you praying with anybody? Are you asking people? Don't be so proud that you can't ask for help. Can I get a witness? I'm always asking for help because I certainly need it. Let's get, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to end because if I don't end, I'm not going to keep my word.